0: Gentle oh, fuck the world. Ladies and gentlemen, there we go. He's had a sip of alcohol. And his <laughs> his vocal communication skills have evaporated. Yeah, my my lips no longer work. At this point, I don't know if that's a joke or... It, honestly, one one mouthful. Now, this very special podcast episode, oh. because all of our podcast episodes are unique... unique mine's gone as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's Stone Cold Sober. Are uh, a unique... Gem. Each each episode, and Gem is maybe a strong thing. a unique, yeah, turd, just, they, unique uh, turd. Every right, turd. No, turd is... no, let, no. Let's be fair. Seashell. I guess it's kind of interesting, but only if you if you're really into you're that kind, of, really thing. Into that yeah, kind okay. of thing. Okay, seashell. There we're, we go. We're a different, unique seashell. Every podcast and this seashell is about Warcry. Yes, it is. Is it back to you in the studio? <laughs> That's that's all we had. Yeah. That's all we had. Before. Bye! I've got a, a set of notes. This is also a lie. Yes. We, we I was literally never about to notes, call you up on that shit. <laughs> I've got a set of notes that just says walk around a bit of paper, which is actually more than what we actually have. Yeah, we usually have nothing. Usually it's nothing, or failing that, a bit of bio written on the back of our hands, but we swat, and it's, you know... Normally it's, like, it's, it's just crazy scribbling sometimes. Sometimes it's just like reams of maths that we've forgotten. Do you, do you remember like back when we first started doing this? We would do like reams of maths and work things out, because we were... Interested to see, well, depending on when we're trying to puzzle out eighth edition to see exactly what kind of worked and what didn't, and then we slowly realised the designers didn't bother, so why should we? I still do it. So do I. We still, we still both do a lot of maths, but I think we don't put it on the podcast as much because I'm not sure people are that interested in it. But I mean, I always think it's much more interesting to look at the maths, look at the balance. But hey, that's just me. You do you. (laughs) So all right. What what do we want to say about it? Warcry after the accidental purchase, after which was detailed in last week's episode. Which was detailed in last week's episode. uh, We got into Warcry. We're in it. We've played the game now. We've had um, one of our friends come round and try it as well. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. He's now bought a gang. He's doing a fantastic job of that. If you want to see that that fantastic job, head over to our Discord. (laughs) Okay, we we should probably stop (laughs) plugging our own things like this (laughs) early on. I feel guilty. The thing is, though, like here's, they look gorgeous. They the one thing is painted is disturbingly pretty. It's, it's the Snake Men. I wish I knew their name. Uh, I believe they're called Venom? the Snake Men. The Snake Men, yeah, uh, and they look fantastic. So that's one of the gangs of Warcry. going we, so, we discuss the gangs first. Should we go for the setting, then gangs, and then the actual game games? Okay, let, let's do the let's do the setting. Let's do the setting. Where are we? We're in Age of Sigma. Yes. More importantly, we're in the middle of Age of Sigma. We're at the varen Spire. Is that what it's called? It's called the Varen Spire, or the focal point? Eight points? I'm sure. I, <laughs> I would lean towards, like, focal... Anyway, it, okay, so... It's, it's eight points, because it is, it's the connection point between all the realms. This is Archeon's personal fortress. This is his big, monolithic penis structure. To explain to the people who don't pay attention to Egg of Sigma, i.e. our audience... Age of Sigma has no longer the world of fantasy, because they fucked it. They have eight different realms, which are all kind of connected by this one central bit. Which is where Archon has his, as Henry mentioned, penis structure. It is a penis structure. It is very much, hey, look at me, I've got the biggest Johnson. And that's what that is. Well, he controls the only crossroads in all of the Technically, realms. but also no, because it doesn't actually matter. Because like th- th- this is the fantastic thing about Age of Sigma. Now I know we we're meant to be talking about Warcry, but this is we, an important part. We'll of get this. we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah, this is why our brains surgically remove the Age of Sigma apart from Warcry. It's Warcry. There is no Age of Sigma. My brain just goes, it yeah, it's blocked. It's gone because Age of Sigma. does this fantastic thing where it says that the eight points, the the location, the focal point of Abaddon's Chaos forces. This is his seat of power. So you have you have the eight realms. This is a connection point. They all have to go through here to get to the others. They all have to go through here. And the significance of this is that this was once a massive like trading um, realm, if you like. Because you imagine you've got the connection point. It's like a, a through flow. Uh, Every in single sink. nation. Like, yeah. There's no way for these nations to trade other than through this one central point, as it were. Technically. We'll get to Only that. Only bigger. In, we'll, we'll get to that in a, a tiny bit. Oh, no, so, so that's, what they, that's what they claim that, it to that's be. That's what they say. And that, that's, that's what leads to its affluence and all this sort of stuff. And why it's important. And all the different realms trade through. It, it's a passage from all the realms, and it, it's kind of a manifestation of the early moments of Age of Sigmar, a.k.a. slightly ripping off fantasy, but worse, because the High Elves used to have a paradise realm, the Dwarves used to have a semi-paradise realm. I mean, if you are a Dwarf, it was paradise. If you are a normal person, it's not paradise. But the High Elves <laughs> suddenly had the paradise paradise realm. Yeah, the, the Elves had a fantastic uh, realm. And it, it's sort of mirroring this. And then the Demons turn up, and then Archeon turns up, and he seizes the eight points, and he makes the Varin spire on this point. So it's a giant the cathedral as no penis structure. Penis structure. Yeah. It is a penis structure. Like yeah. you can't look at it and say that man is compensating. <laughs> There's a reason why his model. It's he's riding a massive dragon, which is meant to be a manifestation of. Uh, it's meant to be a you know recognition of all the gods. It has three heads on it. It has Nurgle, Zinch, and Korn. Where's the slaneshi head? <laughs> Are you making the same joke about the dragon's penis being slaneshi head once again? Yes, because it's all about the <laughs> penis, <laughs> and that's what it is like on. I don't know why they don't just put that on his box. Should it- we just move on and just declare this the penis episode? Fuck Warcry, That's, that's we are now getting into the schlongs <laughs> of War. No, no, no. We. This this is Age of Sigma and what it stands for: giant dicks in the middle of maps. Okay, and I think that's a fair statement. I, now, I don't know enough about the series. Anyway. <laughs> now the Varin Spire is. So he he takes this connection point and this, this is what makes Archeon a threat in the setting because he can step out of his realm into any of the others. Except he doesn't, but only sometimes, but when he feels like it, but only to achieve trivial goals, almost like the Eye of Terror and Abaddon. Except the Eye of Terror was kind of specifically nowhere near as important because being this kind of important and giving the big bad who's yep. way more all-powerful than Abaddon is yep. and was... Isn't uh, Archon in Age of Sigma meant to be, like, the super devil of Unstoppable, basically? He, he is the devil on a motorbike with yeah. a gun. Yeah, and he's Unstoppable, and he has the most powerful thing in all the realms by being the connection point, but he does nothing because of Age of Sigma, and they don't know what to do with that idea. Occasionally he turns up and does something, but then that something is kind of trivial. Because it'd be like, yeah, he turns up and he lays waste to a city. It's like he has access to. Has the city been named numbers. before this point, or was it just sometimes created, sometimes. for Abaddon to Archeon, Archeon. to wreck <laughs> at this moment, then leave again? So it's a mess now. What also is fantastic about Age of Sigma, and this is the where The heaviest finger quotations right there. Like yeah. they are, they are made of lead. They're made of titanium. Is that heavier? Coated in lead. I think it's less heavy. I don't know. It's very light. Titanium is very light. Yeah, I, I don't say, know where I was going like, with that. I apologise. I mean, Plutonium. Are... Plutonium's pretty dense. That, yeah, I... I that's... I don't know. We're not... chemists. <laughs> We're not science men. Men of science. Um, if it doesn't involve the dice, I'm scared and confused. Yeah. Like, if it's not on a tabletop, it doesn't exist to me. Um, unless it's the law. Now... With Age of Sigma, it does this fantastic thing, which uh, I recently saw someone championing championing about it. Are you just like getting the fumes of alcohol I don't know what's being happening. over? I don't know what's happening to me. Um, and he was saying that Age of Sigma is so fantastic because there aren't really any rules for anything, so you can make up whatever you want and it fits in the setting. He said, that's really fantastic from a creative point of view. And then I say to you, I say to you, good sir, a rebuttal. <laughs> That makes it shit. That makes it so vague and shit and rubbish. I'm sorry, I don't want to rag on Age of Sigma, but... (laughs) We're here now. I'm in this position, okay? They forced my hand. So, the Varon Spy, meant to be the connection point for all the worlds, except it's not, because there's things called realm gates. And realm gates basically mean, from any of the eight realms, you can pass into another realm through a realm gate. And these realm gates are fucking everywhere. Whenever anyone wants to do anything, uh, realm gate... Because they know they've written themselves into a corner. Yeah, that's why they also have Archeon do nothing. Because he's he otherwise th- this is a this is an end game situation where they just win. Like th- this is like the end goal of any kind of supreme conquest. You just take control of the central bit and just take one realm at a time, and you can do that so easily, especially with all powerful. Anyway, so they leave him doing nothing, and then they can just go. Uh, fuck. What do we do with everyone else? Because they can't go through. Oh, we'll just make round gates. <laughs> Yeah. No consequences, fuck it. So th- this person says that's fantastic, that means that I can have my dwarves turn up in the realm of death because that's where they want to be. Um, and that's fantastic for me from a creative point of view. And Warhammer Fantasy allegedly didn't have that, to which I would simply say, get more creative. <laughs> okay? Warhammer Fantasy had magic. Stop. We don't need to know anything else about that world. It had magic. If you needed reasons for people to be places they shouldn't be, magic. And I know sometimes that's a bit of a cop-out, but also magic. Yeah, but you could do it well. You could do it well, or you could could... do it shitly, like this man, and it would be the same (laughs) as Age of Sigmar. But the other thing was like, oh, you could have anything. No. Not quite, because, for example, 40k can kind of have anything except it has to adhere to the sort of basic feeling of 40k. It has to feel right within the setting and make some kind of sense. Not a lot of the writers listen to this, but yeah. it'd be nice. You know, ideally things have to be metal as fuck. So if you're introducing something new, is it metal? If not, have a good long think about whether it belongs in 40k. <laughs> have a really good think about that. Yeah. And in Age of Sigmar, saying you can have literally anything you want is just kind of... <laughs> it's, it's just lazy writing, yes. isn't it? It's just lazy writing. Yeah. It's, we don't have enough influence and creativity to close the loop, therefore, the loop is always open, untidily finished, and you can create anything. Because there is no close loop, There is no real hard and fast rules for anything, because it's all so fucking up in the air. It's eight different realms of infinite possibilities. There can be anything you want them to be, which is... With any number of units in any amount of time. Like, the new hero they're releasing... I know we're jumping all over the place here. The new hero they're releasing... He's he's been a general for aeons. What? Aeons. Aeons. (laughs) How long (laughs) has this fucking been going on? Like, I know Age of Sigmar's men have been around for quite a while now, but aeons... Are we getting that far into the fucking like? How far are they fucking moving with their timestamps here? Maybe. Okay, hang on. If like, if uh, it's like have they have a really accelerated timeline in like ten years' time, we're gonna get forty k, albeit <laughs> which evolved from Age of Sigma, just going through a supremely rapid timeline with really shit weirdness. And then, then it'll surpass forty k. Yeah, it'll be like seventy like k. <laughs> to the point where it's just beams of light colliding. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> if they're going down that route, I'm kind of excited. Not because yeah. I want to experience it but I want to see it like from a distance and laugh I think it'd be funny so why did we just launch into that Tori well because <laughs> we're easily distracted <laughs> we're easily distracted but that's also important for understanding war cry that is the world surrounding war cry and this is where the mental barriers come in <laughs> the knife of justice cuts around the Varen Spire and suddenly the eight realms are cut loose they're, they're adrift into the ocean of shite the fuck you want about we ignore the eight <laughs> realms we ignore age of sigma yeah. we ignore orcs we ignore Space Marines, uh, we ignore Dragon Dwarves, we ignore... You mean uh, Age of Sigmar, Space Marines, Sigmarines. Sigmarines, thank you. Yeah. I want to call them Smegmarines, but I know that's... I, we've, uh... we've, all, we've called them Smegmarines before. We've called before. them Smegmarines. Uh... <laughs> but it strips away all of Age of Sigmar. Yeah, strip, all All, strip all of, of all the of um, shit. extraneous shit, which is basically the setting. Yeah. And just goes in that central bit there. In Shlong Towers. In Shlong Towers, the realm. It's not all Abaddon City. Archeon oh. City. <laughs> It is. It's an easy mistake to make its It is. It, it, there is a huge amount of, you know, just like empty wastes and abandoned places from when it what used to be this like rich and verdant paradise. Yeah, this, this paradise. gleaming paradise city. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I had no more. I was literally <laughs> all <was> going <laughs> to say. I didn't have more to okay. go beyond that. Yeah, and, and it's kind of... Okay, so he built this massive monument, but he literally burnt and pillaged everything that was there. He laid waste to the lands and then built himself a giant penis tower. Now, some say on rock and roll. On rock and roll. Now, that's cool, because we look at it in isolation. We say that there's a really powerful lord dedicated to war, waging it for demons, waging it for old gods. Uh, That's cool. It works. That's cool when we look at that. And it's not a shitty Eye of Terror. It's not a shitty slamming of (laughs) fantasy and 40k together to make something much less talented. Because you're a bunch of fucking hacks, you writer bastards. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> not that. <laughs> no, and definitely not that. By itself, it is a cool setting. Yeah, I like that, in isolation. So, And you have these wastes, and these wastes are also touched by the winds of chaos. And again, because, again, what's more, you're shrinking it down again. So you have, that's the history of the bit you're in, but you're stripping away the Archeon doing nothing, despite the fact you should just go around taking yeah. realms. You're ignoring that because you're working on a far smaller scale where it's just people surviving in these wastes with winds of chaos and things not being quite right in this not quite dead world but something which used to be something wonderful which has fallen into decay due to being ram raided by an unstoppable ram raider yeah who has now stopped? Who has now stopped? <laughs> <programming>. <laughs> no, sorry. So now that we have our map of Age of Sigma, because it's not—it's not actually a map, anyone. If—if you've ever looked at it, it's actually a circle with lots of joining lines to different circles. We've cut all the eight realms loose, so now we're just looking at the Varen Spire and the lands around. Well, in Warcry, we even cut out the varen Spire, so we're left with a circle, and that is the Chaos Wastes and the shit. And this is where Warcry comes in. And it is a good setting. Yep. I like this setting. In isolation. Because you you cut away all the bullshit. And there's even a tiny, teeny, eensy-weensy retcon at the start of the Warcry rule rulebook. And which told me, from the very get-go, these guys are a little bit more switched on <laughs> than most of the Age of Sigmar writers. Age of Sigmar in, in a whole fucking bucket. <laughs> and that was where it did the teeny, tiny retcon of Instead of Sigma, uh, the god warrior that was, who got his powers from trading a necklace to a magical space dragon who gave him the powers of God. Naturally, yes, I had forgotten. Don't forget that, that's important. Yeah, that's a key bit of the law. Now, he created the Chaos Gods in the original lore. The start of Warcry, the start of the, uh, you are one of the insignificants looking for the gaze of the gods. It just says Sigma didn't create them. It doesn't, it doesn't say that. It says, the chaos gods cannot be denied. They are the manifestation of emotions. And this is fantastic, because if you listen to our chaos demons, codex, <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole bitch fit about this. We had a bitch fit about what chaos is and all this, you know, how, how they're created, how their powers are drawn from. And yes, it's so much better than Age of Sigmar. Just where, made them. Where- like, I'm going to make, well, the old world got destroyed by chaos gods. I'm going to make a new one yeah I'm gonna make chaos gods and I think the reason, I think the reasoning was was something some something, what, what reasoning can something you along the lines of scales and I think it was meant to be he was law and order and he needed balance so he created chaos on the other side of the scales like a seesaw to balance out now I've made because too much I, law and order I, is a bad thing I've created eternal like in a pill but at the same time I must make super aids. <laughs> Otherwise, I just can't release eternal life. But that's, that's not how this works. No, It's no, nonsense. But this is a dude that is entirely altruistic. Yeah. A dude who recreates life to sustain it, not to be like, well, I'm just going to be a dick to it and keep it balanced. No, it's no. Exactly, yeah. No, he's, he's meant to be a... But in the, Warcraft, it went, no, no. He created it. He certainly created those worlds. The Chaos Gods are... An, Unstoppable. They are ineffable. Uh, they are a result of life. You cannot deny the chaos gods, because they're metal as fuck. And well done, Warcry. First point. First point goes to to Warcry. Yeah. First touchdown. Touch. T- touch pass. Touch pass. Dip zone. Score. <laughs> Warcry. Shall we discuss the gangs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Warbands that's what they're called warbands okay one of the things which I love about the warbands is none of them are here's the corn warband here's the Zinch one like you have, certainly have ones which are leaning very heavily towards yes. those chaos gods but at the same time um, they make it clear each warband does not worship a chaos god proper yep. they are worshipping an aspect of it or something they don't fully understand they know there are greater powers and here's how they sort of explain what they are and what they attribute to being part of that god, which is awesome, because obviously they don't have a hotline to the warp where they can chat with Corn about things and be like, "Yo, Corn, yeah. what exactly are you about?" Also, the, the, what's fantastic about these warbands is that you are just the cretins of the waste. Oh yeah, you are something that is aspiring to be a grunt in Aberdon's army. That's, that's the level that that's we're. your at. end goal. It, it's not that I'm going to be this multiple, you know gem-wielding tyrant that's going to lead the Chaos Forces into a new crusade of infamy and death. No, no, no. I want to be a dude that's on the front line. Yeah, this is going back to when we were saying with Chaos how they should have tangible rewards and you're trying to get the Chaos Gods' attention, which can be dangerous as fuck. Warcry fully embraces this and goes, yep, you're desperately trying to get the attention of Chaos like the Force or the Gods themselves to get extremely powerful bonuses. Which you're probably not going to get. You're probably going to die in the waste pointlessly. Oh, but, I mean, War Cries is more about just getting into Abaddon's army. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's not even not even getting to the stage where the gods are looking at you. I mean, all these war bands sort of live in... Um, what's the word? Uh, you know, where they're completely unheard of. Ignomy? I would say ignomy as well. I get um, feelings, ignomy. And, um... Yeah, that's like a horrific racial slur. We just... We <laughs> 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 just said that. Yeah. <laughs> If we've, if we've offended you. <laughs> yeah, if apologize. ignominy is a racial slur. Oh, It's not, but I know it, it could I, be. It could be, and that's the danger of words. I'm like 99% certain it is exactly the word we're looking for, but there's that 1% of me that goes, what if you're wrong? What if you just insulted them? Yeah. It's like, that's actually a uh, code for your penis doesn't work. <laughs> so there's a load of impotent men out in the waste. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and that's another cool thing, because, as you're saying with uh, the war bands, not... Aspiring to a specific god Just an aspect of the god It shows that the, the warbands themselves Don't actually know Yeah The gods really I mean the closest we get is Your warband Which is the Unlaid Yeah they're very close to getting it, A bit right. of Slaanesh And I think they even mention Slaanesh Do they? I think there's a tiny mention of Slaanesh I, I think, think they're they, the only fact I think they that worship it, yeah. um, A god who's very much like Slaanesh no, they like, Something to do with blissful agonies Yeah uh, I think at one point it does say some national. And we'll, 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 look yeah. we'll look back to it. We'll loop back to it because this is something I want to discuss in a moment. But um, because they don't understand the chaos gods, because they don't really know if the gods are real or not, you know, at this point it's very much. And this is cool because this is going back to some kind of ancient human society in the real world now, uh, where you know we would worship these gods and these sort of simple deities. You know, the the god of wine, the god of oh yeah, like gods which were a, th- a god of a thing. Yeah, but, like, but you you had no real specifics of what they were until someone else came along and invented more details about them. But you know, th- and that's typically how it went. And it's kind of the same thing with these warbands; they're uninformed. They don't they don't have these chaos preachers like, "Yeah, yes, that is corn. Corn will reward you for spilling blood." It's no. It's kind of we know that there's old gods and we have all these kind of strange talismans and primitive idols, but do provide some warp. It Also, goes like down. It brings a bit of the Lovecraftianness back to it which is really nice because I love that kind of thing with the you know unknowable all-powerful beings which are so beyond your comprehension as you are a worthless dirt man in the dirt of the wastes of dirt yeah which is fantastic so yeah. I mean as, as an infection vector now if we talk about someone starting the hobby and getting into Warcry and then discovering age of sigma or warhammer <laughs> 40k um From this point, this is kind of like a fantastic introduction to the Chaos Gods. There's a kind of... There's another power out there, but we're not 100% what it is. And then, okay, now we have a better understanding of what the Chaos Gods are. But in isolation, again, when we just look at Warcry, not fully knowing what the Chaos Gods is also refreshing as fuck. Yeah. Because I love the Chaos Gods, but I'm also a little bit tired of how much Chaos is about in- being one specific god <laughs> and all this fucking thing. Well, in 8th edition, it's, oh, it's at the stage where they are space opera enemies, which is fine. That's kind of what 40K has always been. But it's like really going into, they are the forces of evil and everyone knows exactly what the Chaos Gods are and they must fight them. It's like, yeah, like they used to be creepier and more unknown. Back in the old days, Chaos was a bit more loosey-goosey. There wasn't all this strict, that is inch. that is corn. that is Nurgle. It was more with chaos. And you can choose to have the mark of chaos, so, you know, a different god and all this sort of different stuff. I've to earn it, though, still. Yeah. And it, it and was... That, like, I was saying, like from the loyalist perspective, you'd have the high-ups in you know, Space Marine things tradition and Inquisition and so on who'd understand what the chaos is to an extent. Yeah. But it wasn't like, the entire Imperium has rallied together to fight Nurgle. Yeah, which they now kind of do. But, but yeah. anyway, we're getting sidetracked. So, in Warcry, with these warbands, you are kind of just in the dirt. But you are the dirt that is scrambling to get to this Baron Spire. Now, you have to kind of imagine that it's a mountain, because it is. And to get to the Baron <laughs> Spire, you have to go through through these treacherous mountains, through these treacherous passes. The weather is inhospitable. It's kind of like an ashy wasteland, and there are predatory beasts and other gangs that are in the way that will stop you from getting to... Uh... Because, because they're Chaos Warbands, if you come across another group of blokes that's heavily armed, they don't just go, let's go together, gang. It's yeah. more a you're a threat to us and you could possibly backstab us, you could possibly kill us. If we're camping and you know we exist, you might kill us while we're camping. Alternatively, well, you may have better shit than we do. There's a chance that if there's only one job going, you may get that job. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, so it's good enough reasoning, I would say, for that. Oh, fuck fight. yeah, easy. You easy. Know. And, okay, so the different war bands. There's not a whole lot of law about each one. I mean, there's really just a paragraph. I don't in the mind it though because they don't have much in like the because each one has a like page which is like here's their name and a bit about their law, with a really nice picture next to it of some nice artwork of one of their dudes. But they then have it. You get a bit more of their law when you read like their like uh, campaigns. You get hints of it, but and I'm kind of okay with the vagueness in this example. Because then they get to be a bit more your dudes at the end of the day. Yeah, and it kind of just cuts you loose with just an indication of who your guys are. So, for example, the uh, the iron golems, they're forges, they're smithies. Um, they toil to create weapons for Abaddon's armies, and they also think they're worthy of joining the army. So, therefore, they send out, you know, or parties break loose from the main thing and go that way. Hmm. Uh, the unmade, as we said, they kind of they worship and venerate this pain and suffering but it's kind of like a release through pain and suffering it, not a sexual release it, it, it's <laughs> literally they think that agony is the greatest gift that can be bestowed on someone be it themselves or someone else hence we'll get we'll get into a discussion with them because they're they're fucking awesome they're fucking awesome and, and do the others because there's eight war bands there is the iron golems who are one of the poster children they're the guys in um, 1950s divers helmets yeah nearly but earlier than scale, 1950s scaled down, scale yeah, down they're awesome Uh, They're forge boys, all about forging. Lots of hammers. Lots of hammers, they look awesome. But there's the Untamed Beasts, uh, what's their lore? Because you know more about the individual lore of the gangs than me.
1: Yes. You're responsible
0: for this. (laughs) I I can't remember the rest, but (laughs) Untamed Beasts are like the the hunters uh, in the wastes. So they're kind of meant to be nomads, uh, who are a bit more in tune with nature. Think like Native Americans. Also, when when you say nature, it's... Chaos-tainted nature yeah. of the most vicious kind. It's it's not a symbiosis, it's more an existence. It is, yeah. Uh, we then have, because we have those two, we have the uh, Corvus Cabal. Yeah. What do you know about them? I do not know anything. The bit I remember reading about was that they um, are kind of spies and assassins, essentially. And they have a sort of very bird-centric theme, as you might have guessed. They have... Um, like, their main dude has a fuckload of, like, feathers and, like, a wingsuit attached to him, kind of. It works a lot better than I'm making it out to be. Yep. And they're quite cool. I like them. We have this... Pardon me. We have the Splintered Fang, who are gladiators with snakes and poison. They look great. What do you know about them? I do not know anything about them. <laughs> have you researched anything at all? I, I've read it, but because they're not my gangs, so I don't remember. I, I want... Let's just... Let's just breeze through it because we don't know. Cypher Lords. Cypher Lords, I don't know the lore. Uh, they are the ones who seem to do sort of magical shit. Yeah, most, uh, mostly akin to zinch and tricksters. And they also have like these cool kind of hoop blade people who are like spinning hoops on their arms, but they look very much like acrobats. Mm. Uh, and it's something that acrobats do, which is quite fun because it's also like a kind of like circus distraction and then they throw a disc at you and behead you. Uh, we then also have because um, that was Five, wasn't it? On TBS yep. and yeah. and then finally we have the unmade, who are the chaps who are all about giving out agony and receiving agony and all that shit. There's two more to come, but we haven't seen any of their models, so we don't really care about them right now. They seem quite cool. One's obsessed with fire and purging and awesomeness, the other are gladiatorial bastards. Yes. But I want to talk about the gladiatorial bastards. Okay. Now they're very cool, in my opinion. Although I like them. them. We do we do. I, I know that law. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, good! Oh, good! <laughs> I of one. Well done. I have one. Um, now, what's fantastic about these guys is that they're from the fighting pits in this area because this area it does have kind of like a working economy. There, there isn't just you know people that are just loose randomly in mountains. No, no, they've come from somewhere. They've come from shitty, you know, villages and cities built of wood and iron and kind of crude constructions. Because people exist out here. you yeah. know, It's a tough existence, but they do exist. And there are fighting pits in the Varen Spire, which the gladiators are from. And the gladiators kind of seek to get their own fame. Uh, but also in their lore, they will backstab each other. Because nothing is above personal glory. So if you're fighting alongside another gladiator, who's a member of your warband... And you're, you're fighting, you know, let's say it's a gang of untamed beasts And there's a moment where your, your compatriot is weakened Lawwise, wise they will kill them Which is awesome Which is awesome, and why it's awesome Is because it's an overlapping of two gods Which I really like I was about to be going in that direction as well In that if you look at a lot of these warbands They're not clearly defined which god they are Like Iron Golems, arguably, corn, Mainly because they're painted red and also, they hit stuff. And they hit. They, stuff. they enjoy hitting stuff, and that's as close as we. But get they're to call also it. really quite tough. They're really quite tough, and they're they're smithies. Yeah, and that's kind of their their primary attribute is a smithy. Um, we have the untamed beasts, who, if anything, I would say is chaos undivided, if that could be a thing. Yeah, because they're just nomads. Yeah, really. cipher lords leaning pretty heavily towards Siege, but they still have the sort of acrobatic feel and so on. So that's vaguely slaneshi. I mean, it's more the trickster, the trickster aspect yeah. of Siege, whereas it's less. You know the whole zinch like master planning and all this sort of stuff. It's more just the tricks, uh, and maybe I don't think they have magic. But well, you have the the splintered fang, who are the uh, gladiators poison. with snakes, which you go well that's kind of nurgle because they have poison, but they're also yeah, gladiators. It's, it's, it's only the aspect of yeah exactly, and I, and I love the fact they've got this like uh, with the corvus cabal. They're one which you saw and went that's nurgle. I saw and went that's more zinch. Yeah. And again, just because they have gone down this route of keeping it vague, amazing, wonderful, good work. Not so much with the Unmade. The Unmade are pretty much specifically the The Unmade, unmade but, are very much the Nash. But they, they, it fucking works. They and do then, a great so, job with it. they yeah. fantastic models. If you guys haven't checked out any of the gangs, just go take a look at them. Yep. Just go take a look, and they're fantastic. Particularly the Unmade. And what's great about the gangs, before we loop back to the Gladiator thing a minute, what, what's great about the existing gangs is that because, obviously, Alan had his problems with getting his Unmade... And like we discussed last time, there's normally a specific gang that everyone likes. Mm. But very strangely, there's a lot of tertiary gangs that you could also have and you would also like. So, for example, I like the Splintered Fang. Uh, you like Splintered Fang as well. Uh, Corvus Cabal would Corpus be my Cabal second pick. Would be, wait, exactly. So yours is unmade, but you would also be happy with Corvus Cabal. Yep. I'm happy with Iron Golems, but I'd also have a second pick Splintered Fang. Um, which is just a fantastic thing because normally I will find one thing which I like and then I'll stick with it. With you know, a lot of these small games. So like oh, for the freedom, small games, yeah, yeah. Like ne- Necromunda, yeah. I mean, I've tried branching into Cordor, uh, but just Goliath and my jam. Goliath and my bread and butter, basically. They're the fattest dudes. They're the fattest dudes. <laughs> <laughs> like, generally speaking, if you want to guess which uh, line Henry will want to go for in any kind of uh, you know, Warhammer type game or whatever, it's. Which ones are the fattest? Yeah, like the great and clean one is the, the yeah, pinnacle so of modern Nurgle, <laughs> ogres back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> Goliath. Goliath. So going back to the gladiators, what's fantastic about gladiators is that they show an aspect of corn because they they're, fight. They're, they're very much about boys. fighting. They're very much about the the martial prowess uh, and the skill of fighting. Which was also a bit which um, people often forget with corn. It's like it's all just about mindless violence. No martial prowess is a fucking huge thing, and war and tactics. That, yeah. tactics is a part of Corn, which everyone forgets, and the lo- fucking writers forget as well, where like, they're just like a thousand blood men charge the blood. Yeah, they, they just they just fight uh, with blood. Like, no, no, like this no, no, dude no, no, no. is the greatest general. Yeah, like, he's a general. I, I, I was going to say he's one of. I was like, no, nah, there's there's not a better general than Corn, and as much as reboot. Is, you know, a great tactician. I mean, Reboot is obviously first and Corn is second. No, I. <laughs> if Reboot summons all his tactical mines, Well, okay, if he summons all of his strength, then, 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 then it's. Then we're in trouble. Yeah, obviously. Then the but galaxy will burn. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you put both of them on equal fields, my money would be on Korn, unless Reboot summons all of his strength. No. I think, I think what would happen in that fight, I know we're tragic again, but if Korn <laughs> tried to fight Reboot Gilliman, I think Korn would use his reality splitting sword. And thrust at Reboot. What's the name of his sword again? I can't remember, but it's something fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a sword which has been used to s- destroy, like, planets and solar systems, he, hasn't he, it? He can cut real space with Yeah. Me. Back in the old war, he could just cut through real space. And the reason why he didn't is he wasn't particularly interested. Yeah, like, This this was the great thing about the Chaos Lord Gods back in the day. It was like, yeah, no. The great you... game is not the mortal realm. Yeah. The, the great <laughs> game is chaos. Yeah. And if you do get their attention, yes, you may become a demon prince. Unlikely. You may become a spawn. But if you piss them off enough, for example, corn could just take out a section of space. He could take out terror. There's no to. stopping that. <laughs> if you wanted to. But anyway, that's old lore. That's old gods. That's when back awesome. when it was as fuck and yeah. everyone was fucking riding the Trident of Poseidon, not a euphemism. Um so this gladiator gang, but they also show an element of Slanesh, which is that personal um, success and glory. Mm. Like they are after their own glory, and that's not part of corn, that's part of Sonesh, and that's part of that pride, that's part of that. You know, and it, it's so beautiful because it feeds into both without going, no, 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 they're the corn boys because they use swords and they fight. Yeah. No! And it's it's so good, because this is back to the Shades of Grey. This is back to the Shades of Grey that we fucking love. This back is people who understand K. how chaos used to work before it's been sort of changed and warped a bit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they got what it was, and they have made this new thing in accordance to that, which is fantastic. Okay, now, before we get too high on the old...
1: Loving, do, you, do you want to finish Warcraft? the discussion
0: of what would happen if Raboot and corn fought, though? All right. Okay. Yeah, because before, before we finish that, yeah, thought, just because, uh, just because, if, if, if they if they fought, I think Corn would have a massive thrusting stab at Raboot after like a couple of verbal joustings had gone on, and Raboot had, had, had thoroughly Rabu... outwitted him. Yeah, where, where Raboot had said to him, "Well, in my opinion, <laughs> Chaos is evil." From my perspective, <laughs> from my perspective, Chaos <laughs> is, is evil. evil. And then, Korn and then Corn says, says, "I, I hate, hate you. you," and then stabs at him. Um, naturally I think you would hit Reboot's armour then... pierce the armour no 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 but bounce off his I think... glistening pecs I also thought glistening pecs but yeah I was thinking with <laughs> abs think... first but I thought no he just stabbed to the chest I think well yeah what would happen is he, he, I think he would go through Reboot I think he would go through would him. he be impaled near death but then no no, he, no Reboot would then pull the sword through him so that Korn was really close to him and then he would say something really fucking clever like now you're dead. And then just snap his neck. <laughs> that would be it. That's how Korn died. <laughs> because they've got such a massive fucking so he, he's, a, he's a brief moment of impersonating Dante from <laughs> Devil May Cry before then giving a shitty one-liner and snapping Korn's neck. That's because that's the quality of Reboot's writing. It is. Although, I again, I, the, the, the interesting way to bring that up is just to go, if if Reboot and him did have a meeting and Reboot tried to twat him, What's his name? Scar- not Skulltaker, the bigger lad, Scarbrand. Scarbrand, Yeah, Scarbrand, the, the greatest. Yeah, he blood got in let- trouble for that. He got the greatest bloodthirsty who ever lived. Who thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'm so metal and so awesome, and have two fuck off great big axes that I can take on Corn. And he tried, and he made a small chip in Corn's armor, which is very impressive, to be fair. And Corn threw him through the fucking cosmos. <laughs> yep, threw him through multiple realities. Yeah. Now, but <laughs> don't also, piss that man off. But I've also read some of the like glistening sweat uh, fan fiction that the black library writers, not just fans, yeah, no. the black library writers have written about Reboot. Oh, where God. basically, if Reboot would take them in his arms, they would happily go with him. <laughs> to the point where it's like, dude, are you... What is this for you? Is this like some sort of like false reality? Anyway, we're getting too far. <laughs> yeah. Are you just writing about your perfect man? Is that yeah, what this it's is? Like, it's Basically, this man swoops in Cuddles them in their arms and shoots off into the sun with their massive pectorals like, and I butt. think you need a bit of that if you're going to be writing about a Primarch, because all Primarchs at the end of the day need to be absurd kind her-erotica. of... A bit of A bit of homoerotic. <laughs> you know, it's just part of it. But also they need to be kind of perfect in their own way. But at the same time, because There's they are... There's too far. There is way too far. There's way too far and they all need to be flawed in their own way as well. You need yeah. to have the perfection and the flaw. And reboot flaw is priceless. Anyway, that's yeah. that's where we've got to... <laughs> Let's put him away. Shouldn't, should not add a sip of alcohol for this. <laughs> We've put Raboot away. We've yeah. put him to bed. Back in draw. him in the drawer. Back him in the drawer. Uh, now, Warcry. <laughs> so, yes, gladiators, fantastic. They have the overlapping of the gods. Now, before we go too far with praising Warcry, I want to then smash back at it. Okay. Because it doesn't do it well enough. Because with the Unmade, it does specifically slay, say, Slanesh. It does. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I think there's like another bit further on in the little where you read it and they, they do venerate Slanesh. Now, I hate that. I really hate that because if they had just left it with this ambiguous, they worship certain aspects of the gods, but it's not necessarily I, uh, that they actually worship the god. It's just they worship an aspect that feeds the god. The because The little bit gods they are the found and can understand. That yeah. teeny bit they cling to is the understanding of this unknowable being. But what I mean is that they might not even even come across anything of the god they might have just developed their own culture and society that progressed into this certain form of worship that just in- indirectly feeds, feeds the God. gods. Yeah. Because that's how beautiful the, the manifestation of human will is, is that it, it comes forward in the four gods, or at the very least in the Warhammer setting it does. Yeah. Whereas, unfortunately, they did have to say chaos gods. Like, with with Warcry, War and this is where I will uh, criticise the writers, and it might not have been their fault, it might have been a part of the production process, but they did not do enough to separate it from the law of Age of Sigma. I there is still a little bit too much involved. So, I, I, for example, mentioning of the gods, I don't mind them mentioning Archeon because we need to have he's key to, have to have that bit character. of the setting. Yeah, but there's also too much of a understanding of what Warcry is by reliance on age of sigma whereas it would have been much more fun if they had explored it more of Warcry as its own Ind- thing. independent thing like yeah you're you're in the shadows of darkness and maybe you don't even know oh I mean, well you would know archon's name because it's chaos <laughs> you would know it because it would be nailed with bodies to all the walls of the cities yeah. Archeon burning in the the fields you know you'd know his name yeah okay if, we'll if, a, if a man nuked this planet and then became the ruler of this planet yeah, without any kind of contention, because he just rules by force of might alone, you'll probably have heard of it you probably know, yeah. Not by name, yeah. or location. Well, so especially, but yeah, it's, it it's not a secret sort of thing, it's, I am I'm the big person boy. who owns this I'm realm. The big boy. Yeah, like, he's not hiding that shit, you'd know, you yeah. would fucking know. And he's built a giant fucking penis on the horizon. Yeah, like, at the very least you've heard of the penis. <laughs> you've seen that. Um... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Penis Towers again. <laughs> Just Do you think that's the address if someone sends in mail, Penis Towers, The Baron Spy, number one. Um, <laughs> okay. You were complaining but, about yeah, the... I, I, it would have been much more interesting to me and much better and i don't b- necessarily blame the writers here yeah, i think uh, i think it's more an influence of games workshop that have stopped them going too far with it but i think it would have been much better if we were just down in the dust bowl with them like the perspective was from the wastes of the Varon spire whereas the way that it's written we very much have an understanding of the whole thing it's kind of like a camera looking at the varian spire we see abaddon but, but we to explain Occasionally, yeah. bits of how this relates to all of Age of Sigma, which is yeah, it's it's like an intro piece, and then they also have the whole shoehorning of the uh, Age of Sigma range into the game of Warcry. Uh, I, I'd I'd leave that for like the discussion of gameplay at the end because that is quite the complaint. Okay, but just from a lore point of view, they do shoehorn other gangs. Oh in. yeah, and well, I get fuck that I nice. get it as a. Again, it's an infection vector for Age of Sigma, so you might get Warcry as your first thing, and then you might buy a small band of Age of Marines and think, oh, I quite like these Sigmarines, I'll expand their collection, how can I use their collection? Oh, it's Age of Sigmar. It's That's also an mistake. easy way of getting <laughs> Age of Sigmar people into Warcry, maybe, because you're like, well, I have a gang technically already. Yeah, it, it, it's a fantastic piece both ways. Yeah. However, I really don't like it from a lore perspective, because then... You're saying that the real dregs of Chaos society are being hunted by the elite soldiers of Sigma. It's like fuck off. He's got busier things to do. <laughs> it would be like it would be like in Necromunda, if they were sending Space Marine chapters into the Underhive of no, it, Necromunda. It, it's not just that though. It's that in the Underhive Necromunda, there's the Space Marine chapters. There's Chaos Space Marines. There's a bunch of Tyranids in there. There's Eldar and the Dark Eldar in there. There's not actually Chaos. They don't actually have. Big Boy Chaos—they only have Age of Sigma orcs and like elves. Are you saying that? Hey, are you saying that Big Boy Chaos can't have their own faction? Big in... Boy Chaos doesn't have their own. That's factions. really interesting. And when we say Big Boy Chaos, we mean chaos undivided. Yeah. So there's no chaos warrior gang. Yeah. To be fair, that would, that would make you shit your pants if you're a regular gang. It would shit your pants. But yeah, It's it... like <laughs> we can take on any of the other bastards in this dust bowl. Proper chaos warriors turn up in that terrifyingly awesome armor. Yeah. They're fantastic. They are. So. Awesome. As ever, go look up the Mark of Chaos intro, because yeah. that is amazing. I think we'll just start putting that in the link to all our videos. Just watch this, and then we'll move on. Yeah, fuck it. That, that is like... It is fantastic. Oh it's really fantastic. One of the best things from like any game about Warhammer in general it's, it's is the that It's the best intro. fantasy cinematic. We Easily, can really yeah. Oh God. Now, so coming back to, from a lore point of view, it's It's weak. And I don't mind that they've done it because it doesn't necessarily mess with Warcry. You just have to treat Warcry as its own separate thing and ignore the do. Sigma band Sigma yeah. bands, which yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Because we're we're gonna treat it as when we play it we'll only play it with the core war bands. We're not gonna bring in like Age of Sigma no. things. Or rocks. Because we don't feel it suits what we want from the setting, so Yeah. Kinda like I think how if White Dwarf came out with a an Astartes supplement for Necrobundas, like I don't want to run them in here. I might do it for fun on one-off games. Maybe, yeah. Because is more fun. Necromander's (laughs) better. Yeah, Necromumber. Necromember. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. So, gameplay. We've had a laugh with this, to be honest. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, because... I do like it. Okay, so when when you play Age of Sigmar, before you start up, you have four decks, which is the uh, setup, the train deck. Are you saying Warcry or Age of Sigmar? Warcry. No Warcry. Warcry. You have the... Set up the terrain deck, which basically um, you draw a card and it shows you how to set up the terrain. The battlefield. And all your terrain comes in the box. Yep. So it's not a, you've got to have a hill here, but we don't supply you with the hill. It's, no, no, you've got every single piece to put it in the position. And as we mentioned, there's a fuck ton of terrain in the core box. A fuck ton of terrain in the core box. The the additional boxes they sell for terrain, um, they also come with their own decks, which is fantastic, so you can expand it with them. Um, You then have the deployment box, sorry, deck, which shows you how you deploy your forces and you, in this game it's interesting because before the battle begins you divide your force into three, which is the shield, the hammer and the dagger and then based on what the deployment card is you go, oh okay so the shield and the hammer are going to be on at these different points on the board but the dagger say, it's going to be held in reserve until turn two, that's cool you then have the objective, so you determine what it is and then a twist. So for example we had um, deployment one sorry, a terrain one, which is difficult to explain because we can't mention scenery really because it gets really difficult to explain, but we then have um our deployment was we deployed exactly opposite each other, like it was just a flat deployment pretty much, both deployed in, oh, no sorry both deployed in the middle. I mean some reserves come on from the corners, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, on the same side, because others you'll have things flanking, so like um if you deploy in the top right corner, then the enemy will have reinforcements come from the top right corner as well the second turn. stuff like that could happen in Warcraft, right? but this was a very much front-on assault. Yeah. Hammer and anvil. Yeah. The objective was then that I had to defend a sort of ritual site. And then the twist was that um, all movement was slowed by one inch. Yep. And which that... It was punishing. It was. Henry-, Henry's Henry's punishing. Henry plays the Iron Golems. They are slower boys. Um, <laughs> Which <laughs> it made a challenge for them to get there and... I did get there. You did get there. I did get I there. Did get that, but but I, if, I did win the thing. Yeah. And... That's because the gameplay of Warcry. It's fun. It's fun and it's simple, and that's effective, which is great. And the games are very, very quick. Yeah, which is also great because, I mean, fairly often we have an uneven number of players. Yeah, that's true. We often have like three people hanging about. Yeah, so there's there's always one person spectating. Sometimes there's more people spectating, depending on how rough it's (laughs) gone. But with Warcry, just having that fast turnaround of game. Means that you could have three people and they could all be equally engaged because it's a fast paced game. It's not like, you know, sometimes you can have really big games where, you know, the game itself is very, very slow and it takes a long time. It's interesting if you play it, but to watch it, it's a bit. Yeah, watching a four hour game of Warhammer yeah, is tough. It does get on a bit. And even if you're having a laugh, you know, after four hours, you're thinking, when's my turn to yeah. interact? Like, if you're yeah. the spectator, it's kind of rough. Whereas Warband, it's a more, lot more, you could turn up with your gang, everyone turns up with their gang. And you just kind of like switch through games. You know, you could maybe get ten games in, in a, a day, like, day. Yeah, like I, I think that's entirely feasible. Also, I think it's interesting as well because you have these decks that set everything up. First of all, it means replayability is very high, very high, which is great because the rules aren't too complicated in themselves, but they're more of a vehicle for interesting deployments and objectives to be mixed together along with interesting twists. Um, so, for example, in that one I just mentioned, which we played, Henry was at disadvantage, and he lost. I did. But because it didn't take very long, we're like, "Well, do you want to play another?" And we did because it, it is very quick cool to go into that. And then you can have other games where, like, say, because you played a game where it ended up with you only had one third of your war band. Yep, that showed up on the battle the whole game. Yeah, I would only ever have a third, which was three dudes. <laughs> and the objective was to survive. As long as you have one model survive at the end of the game, you won. And that is very unfair. In a sense. Um, the opponent also picks it. So let's say, for example, yeah. use the Age of Sigma gang. Two of their people are birds, which move twelve inches a turn or movement. Which which is, when, when you've divided, n- <laughs> really, really nutty. So most people move four. Birds move twelve. So yeah. if I was to make a detachment with the two birds in, and my opponent were to pick them, I would definitely win. Because oh, sorry, if I could pick them, I would pick the birds but the opponent gets to pick and he says no no I'll pick the slowest dudes that I can lock down with all of my guys and this is what makes the because um, I said how you have to set them up to three different groups at the start before you do any of this deck stuff that's what makes it interesting because you go because you could go really ham and go I'm going to put everything in this one here and like only one model in each of the other two because I think that one's most likely to be on the board turn one and I can just get a really big turn one hit but then there's a couple of uh, you know objects you could draw so yeah like you could draw which are like this But if you did that, you'd be punished. And the deployments do do an interesting job of mixing up the importance of the shield, the hammer, and the dagger. So in one matchup, it might be fantastic to really heavily weight the dagger as heavily as you can, and then really heavily weight the shield and not much in the hammer. But then the next game, the hammer is suddenly the important one. Yeah. And it depends what your opponent has done, because normally the way that the deployment will work is that even if your units come in different positions, so you might come in the corner, you might come in the opponent's corner, or you come in your middle, their middle, end on end on the board, it's normally mirrored by the the other players. So you know you might have your dagger come on in the enemy's rear left hand corner. Well, that means the enemy's dagger is coming on your rear left hand corner, and it depends on what kind of game you're playing, what kind of objectives playing. So it's it's really really varied, and which I enjoy because. The comparison I normally make with it, whenever I've discussed it with people, hmm. is Blackstone Fortress. Which is a very yeah. strange comparison, but it has a similar thing. Because in Warcry, you have a lot of. Um, so before the turn begins, you roll six dice. And these six dice will determine the abilities that you can do. And the different abilities will be. Um, but first of all, different for each gang. They're different for each gang. And within the gang, only certain people can do certain skills. So it's not like you have one person alive and they can do everything on your ability card. No, no. You'll have some universal ones anyone can do, but then quite a few are going to be specific to one model or one type of model. Yeah, which is either like a champion or, you know, in the Iron Golem's case, one is the ogre. The great Um, big fat boy with hammers for hands. The big hammer lad. And what this means is that obviously the way that you distribute your shield, your dagger, your hammer, you know, it, it actually affects the skills that you're using, your opponent's skills, what skills they can use, what the objective is. So there's a lot of variation, but with very simple rules, which is really quite yeah. fantastic. And it's in a short playtime as well. It's a lot of depth without complexity, which yeah. is really rare to find, but yeah. great when you do find it. Uh, yeah. It's really nice. I mean, yeah. we, we've played quite a few games of it now. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of way to go. And we haven't even touched on the big part of the gameplay, which is what the game kind of pushes you towards and encourages you, is this is the correct way to play, and that's campaign play. Which, what they've done here is great. Yeah. Fantastic, because, um, in, especially, I like, think back to the 5th edition Warhammer rulebook, and I think with the 8th edition one as well, and most of, the, most of the rulebooks, when they discuss a campaign, they go, okay, typically what you want to do is you want to set up um, like three or four or five missions in a row, and you set up like a, uh, like, tree diagram thing where you go okay, battle one was it a win or a loss and then you have like different uh, yeah. branches off into different uh, branches and depending on who wins how many times either they win or the opponent wins and that's the campaign which is fine they're great um, definitely not knocking them but they have a time and place whereas for Warcry first of all saying a campaign will be five battles that'll be like an hour and a half if you're rattling through or maybe two hours if you're rattling through them Whereas, with Walker it just goes, okay, you're going to have a bit more of a longer-term campaign thing. But most importantly, it's not a competitive thing, as per se. It's not a case of, I win, you lose. Yeah. Which, if you spend... Like say, if we do a campaign, which we stuck to, because typically we will try a campaign, but then leave it after a while. Um, based on our luck, it would be five games in a row of you having to basically take a loss. <laughs> and then get to the end of that and get, being told, you lost. May not be fun. Whereas Warcry goes, it's a each person has their own campaign, and it's just trying to get to the end of their campaign to get bonuses. And if they lose along the way, they lose some progress, but they keep on pushing in their own way. There's no point where they're told you lost, which is great. Yeah, and then you also get rewards for winning your campaigns. So these are different items. Um, normally, they permanently attach to a character. There's also lesser rewards which are impermanent. Uh, Where you just you lose the bonus after some number of games, or you may lose them after a game, or you use them and they're used. Yeah. Uh, Whereas at the end of a campaign, you get a permanent item, which is normally a fantastic bonus. Yeah. Uh, And I'd say that's definitely one way we haven't gone with the game because we haven't actually started any campaigns with it yet. We've just been playing the game uh, to get get used to it. Yeah, yeah, to get that sort of stuff. but I don't know how the game is going to pan out once you've done multiple campaigns with a faction. So let's say, for example, you use your Unmade. Mm. You get, you know, six magic items. Uh, and also the way that the, the factions work is that they encourage you to use your faction uh, as kind of like a personal experience type deal. So Alan and I might might play against each other. Uh, let's say my Iron Gongs win. That's fantastic. I got one on my tracker. Uh, I then go to the local gaming store. I then play another game. I would then move up another one on my tracker. This this is the way they encourage you to do it. Yeah. Um, which is good. But then obviously the person that plays more games then gets more magical items just from osmosis, you know, just yeah. from playing the game. Uh, and I don't know how it then works. You know, once you've got every item available in all the campaigns, you then come back and... But they, they would also do things like, say... um, I think if you're going to be doing stuff with campaign bonuses and so on, they say you have to, your opponents to agree to it. Or you yeah. can just say, "Yeah, we're going to do a game which isn't based on the campaign. We'll just do a flat, no upgrades versus no upgrades. You can still do that." Yeah, I mean, I would love to do a um, once we kind of get more settled into the game. I would love to do a much more competitive, like tournament for it because I think this game would actually be really fun to play. You could also do a tournament way. in like edo. Yeah, you you could yeah. Easily. If, if you if you're like yeah. us, there'd be like four people entering, maybe. Yeah, and you could just rattle yeah. through. Uh, it also doesn't take up much space. So on a typical table, you could get two games of Warcry going. Yeah, yeah. A four x five, you could easily get two games going. Uh, again, all you'd need is two scenery boxes, which could either be the base game box or one of the expansion scenery boxes. Um. Which is great. I mean, the game in itself is self-contained, and it's beautiful. It's great it is beautiful i wouldn't say it is the best game i've ever played no i wouldn't say that it is 100% my jam it doesn't it doesn't sing with me like necromunda sings with me it that's because necromunda's beautiful necromunda resonates within my soul however the gameplay of necromunda is pretty wank <laughs> as in like you're going to have to clarify that as in necromunda I feel like we need to do a lot more with it to figure out the balance, because a lot of stuff just feels dirty. Uh, Yeah, okay. Necromunda has balance issues up the... Necromunda has balance issues, like, everywhere. Basically, if you want to talk about perfection and beauty, you want to talk about Titanicus. I want to talk about Titanicus. Titanicus sings with me. It's a perfect game. The models are fucking amazing. We need to play some more Titanicus. We need to play more Titanicus. I love the shit out of Titanicus. Um, It is amazing. And... Warcry is not the same level for me. No, no. Not at it's, all the same level as Titanicus. It's still damn good. I'd say it's damn good. I think what is the best thing about it is it's simple, and I could definitely see this being kind of a translatable thing to get our friends together and actually have a tournament. Whereas because with forty yeah. k, that's just not really feasible. Because set aside attacks. a weekend, and, and yeah. if, if that's if everything goes well, nothing goes on longer than it needs to, and so on. Also, it's a kind of game which, as we said, we've we've been working some crazy hours lately. Even if we're knackered, Warcry is because it hasn't got the like inherent the complexity. And all the, yeah, you know it's much but, quicker. So like, do you want to play a quick game Warcry? Yeah, we can fire that out nice and easy. Yeah, and because deployment and terrain and all that sort of stuff, so, I mean, normally we spend too long with terrain. Yeah, that's We good, that's do good. start <laughs> about with terrain because we're quite specific about our terrain because we don't want to give one side too much of an advantage, too much of a disadvantage, Yeah, fairly even, you know, not constrict sight lines too much. So it takes a long while for us to set up. Whereas if you just flip over a card, for us it's brilliant because it's just you set up the terrain as a card. And if it's unfair, you. A, it's not your responsibility, it was the card's fault, and B, uh, that game will be over quickly. Yeah. So it's a painless experience. Whereas if you set up the terrain and you're an hour and a half into your forty k experience and you're like, this bit of terrain is really fucking me for an Basically hour. Basically, the half. fucking pig generator. Yeah, there's there's, there, there's I, a there's piece there's, of terrain which I hate. There's a beautiful bit of terrain <laughs> I made, Uh which <laughs> Alan always places. I never place it. I know. It always ends up just fucking him. I place it, and I always place it in such a way as to be terrible, which I realise shortly after deployment. (laughs) I look at it and go, oh no, sometimes it's been during deployment, I look at it and go, I should not have put that there. That has fucked everything forever. That's why I let you place it. It's the pig generator, (laughs) and it's a wonderful piece of terrain, but I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas Warcry, you know, the the board tells you what happens. Uh, One thing that I've done with our set of Warcry is I have trimmed all the fucking spikes. Because the spikes go back to old 40k chaos, and even still modern chaos, where everything is spiky as shit, and I cu- I trimmed off the top of the spikes mm. for a section of terrain, and I showed it to uh, Alan and our friend, and they went, "Wow, that's really spiky terrain." I said, "Yeah, that's after I cut yeah. about half a centimeter off of those spikes." Because honestly, they were ridiculous. Like you're gonna, someone is gonna get blinded by this terrain. I'm sure. Like someone <laughs> I can will believe- bend down to look at a model sight line and just. Poof, right in their eye with a million spikes. Because <laughs> the train is mondo crazy. Right. So do you want to make a brief mention of the Age of Sigma gangs in relation to everyone else? And then do you want to just talk a bit about your gang? Do you want to do that? Yes? No? Maybe? We'll talk about the Age of Sigma <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what you mean about my gang. Oh, you mean like rules-wise and that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because we can discuss some things about our gangs because we don't know too much about the others because we haven't played them. Yeah. But we've Having played ours, we think they're interesting. Age of Sigmar Gangs. So coming back to Age of Sigmar Gangs... The other um, factions that can turn up in Age of Sigmar... Sorry, in uh, Warcry, because they're like, well, give them rules. I don't like them. I do not like them in Warcry. Doesn't fit the setting. Doesn't fit the setting. They're also really powerful. Like turbo unbalanced. Like turbo unbalanced. To the point where it it seems like the people who made the rules for them were not part of the Warcry team. They were just sort of handed the Warcry rule set and told to make up their own shit. Yeah. Or or someone went in and said, I want Age of Sigma to have a 20% bump on everyone else. Possibly. Because then that would be, oh, you started with, oh, with Warcry. Look how much better they are. Yeah. So you sort of start collecting that faction and then, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, but if you, if you eliminate Age of Sigma and just focus on the Warcry factions, which is the way I see it. So it's not Age of Sigma, Warcry. It's just Warcry. Yeah. It is its own box set. They seem to be fairly well-balanced internally. They seem to be fairly well-balanced. I mean, there's definitely weak and strong, uh, but we'll get onto that in a moment. So just with the Age of Sigma, guys, just to give you an example, uh, one of my grunts and one of Alan's grunts, uh, they might have 10 wounds. Yeah, my, my grunts have 10 wounds. I think an Orc grunt has 20. Which is the amount of wounds my leader has. Yeah, and then the Orc war boss has 35 or 36. Which is fucking obscene. Yeah, so my Ogre, which is my big boy, has um, 30 wounds. So he's he's in the ballpark. Uh, both of them are Strength 6, both of them are Toughness 5. I think the Orc Warms is slightly more points, and I think it has double the attacks of my Ogre. Yeah. And has the damage, like, can get to a damage percentage. Uh, sorry, damage um, point much higher than the Ogre. So the maximum damage an Ogre could do in a fantastic turn is 16. Whereas I think the Orc boss can do like 40 something? Yeah. Where he's just one-shotting other Orc war bosses or ogres, and it's like, well, I don't know about this balance anymore. <laughs> but anyway, so Age of Sigma doesn't fit the setting, it isn't great. Uh, a lot of people have asked that Age of Sigma Warcry is like a separate entity. So you just play the Age of Sigma gangs versus each other. And it seems to be much more balanced that way. Yeah. yeah. And then Warcry is its own thing because if, if you were to ever do a competitive tournament, um, you'd never run the actual Warcry You'd War Cry never gangs. run the Warcry guys. It would just always be Edge of Sigma, probably the Sigmarines, because they have crossbows that do like ten damage a shot, which are hand yeah. crossbows on basic dudes. No, 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 it's a big crossbow. Oh, big crossbow. It's a big sorry. crossbow, but you can get the big crossbow to doing all sorts of janky things. Yeah, it's you know, which which then creates a scenario where they're just either they're one shotting grunts or they're one shotting leaders. From the, the base Warcry box. Um, so that's Age of Sigmar. you got to treat it as its own thing as we do anyway. <laughs> Just in general. Generalities. Um, so the Iron Golems how do they play? Well they're my affection. They're my special boys. Uh, I like their aesthetic. I'm not such a hot fan of their armour. Their armour is a little bit strange like particularly the breastplate. It's kind of like that uh, classical Egyptian rough Oh, yeah, it's kind of like a bigger collar that covers part of the chest. Yeah. And it's not great looking. Uh... And then some of the models are in kind of slightly awkward poses. They have a tiny ga- chaos? chaos dwarf <laughs> who is fantastic. The ogre is fantastic. The boss men of the iron Gonds look fantastic because they, they're a bit bigger. Their armor suits them a bit better because they're bigger. Mm. Whereas the smaller dudes, it just looks weird and awkward. It's kind of like a child is like punched a, a hole in a dustbin lid and put it on themselves. <laughs> Little bit. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, as a faction, how do they play? They are one of the weaker factions, if not oh, the right. weakest faction. They are. But this this speaks volumes this, about the balance. Is this on, uh, according to This on This Mike? is kind of like done through other people's research because obviously we only have Ourselves to play against, you know. So I've only ever played against Unmade. You've only ever played against Iron Golems. Whereas other people that have had more of a spectrum of the game, um, yeah, Iron Golems are definitely one of the weaker factions. Uh, Even Untamed Beasts are better. Hmm. So if if you have that sort of base box, the Untamed Beast, but it's only a slight advantage of the Iron Golems. There's nothing glaring. Oh yeah, no. the, The Iron Golems are definitely sinking a little bit lower than everyone else. They have low mobility, very low damage. Um, They're quite pillow fisted, yeah. They're very pillow fisted, but they're fairly tough. Like, the basic, basic grunts are fairly cheap, and you can get them to toughness five. One of the biggest things that hurts Iron Golems is the way that wounding works in Warcry. So, typically, with, uh, you know, 40k, uh, if you have double the toughness of their strength, of the opposing strength, you get a minus two. To, it's a 6 plus to wound it's a 6 plus to wound sorry yeah what the hell are you on that? I don't know where I was going with that yeah <laughs> um, yeah it, it's or a 6 if plus if you strength is double that toughness you get a 2 plus whereas in warcry 3 plus is the best you can get 5 plus is the worst you can get yeah so I mean iron goms can get ways to get to toughness 6 but there's really no reason for that like the ogre is toughness 6 but there's no incentive to be that I mean, tough that's a blissful one gets to, to strength 5 yeah. Okay. But, but anyway, you know, then yeah. yeah. Like, unless your opponent is getting to strength five, which is very, very rare, toughness six just isn't really a thing. Which yeah. is unfortunate because if it was, the iron golems could be very tough. Yeah. Which I think would help them out immensely, and it wouldn't make the game feel uh, any worse because sixes are still criticals. Right, basically, it's damaging in this game. Um, I said like three pluses damaging. You don't have to roll to hit. You just get close and you try and wound. And typically, you'll do. Like everyone has a two damage statistics. So one will be the normal damage, say it's two. So you roll a three plus, you get a four, you deal two damage. If you roll a six, you'll deal four damage. The critical yeah. damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so if you're if you're only when you're on six it's gonna be criticals though. So it's less of a like a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like if you got so tough you just removed their criticals, which would be rubbish. Um So yeah, they're very pillow fisted, they're fairly tough. Um Again, just like we said, the maximum we can get is a 5+. They're not fantastic. And I think part of that will have to be getting a second box of Iron Golems and then maybe switching out some people. Now, there's a chap from Guerrilla Wargaming, which most people will have heard of over (laughs) us. (laughs) Most likely, yeah. Most likely. A chap called Ash. uh, Very good channel. Go check it out if you're interested. And he played Iron Golems. And he wasn't happy with their faction abilities. So when I was saying that you roll these dice at the start of your turn to depend, determine what abilities you can do, he wasn't happy with the abilities that the Iron Golems have. And I think, compared to other people, it's not actually that bad. Like, I think he he was complaining a lot. I've seen a few people complain quite a bit about the Iron Golem's abilities. But whose abilities are really crazy, though? There's Yeah, there's nobody that has really crazy abilities. There's nothing where... The game just says, "Okay, you're gonna kill a dude on a roll of a five plus." Yeah, yeah, like that's not an ability. That's not how the game works. All the the abilities are nice manipulations of the game, but they're nothing that is just outright broken. Yeah, like you've just lost because I've rolled six sixes. Yeah, you just lose this turn. I'm sorry, you've lost. It's no, it, it it's nothing as strong as that. It's just a nice variation to gameplay. And the Iron Golems, I think, actually have some pretty strong ones. They have some bloody good ones. Yeah. I wouldn't say bloody good. I would say Don't I would get, say fairly strong. There's the one which lets you do up to like six damage to everyone within three inches of a dude. Yes, but you gotta roll three sixes. Four sixes. You gotta roll four sixes to get that. That is true. Which isn't that amazing. And other people comparatively can fight twice and move again and then fight again, which is Look, that, terrifying that which is, is much more damage than six to that, everyone. We'll get onto that in a second. Yeah. So I think the the Iron Golems have good abilities. Unfortunately, their their strength is their toughness, which isn't actually that I, great I in the game. I think, again, it'll come down to the mission, though. Because that's the other thing with all of the gangs and the uh, what they can do, is there's going to be some missions that favour your gang and some that don't. So if it comes down to, like, say, we're just mentioning you know, defending the ritual site thing, I reckon you, the Iron Golems would be great for that. you your tanky boys and very hard to move. Yeah, you could just clog it up. But then in a few games, you've entirely wiped me out. So... <laughs> yes. I don't think they're that tough. <laughs> like again, it, it's not an extreme thing with Warcry. So you play the Unmade, what are the Unmade like? Yeah, the Unmade, okay, it was it's interesting having the this matchup in particular, because um I said Henry has the Tanky Boys, and I have basically the glass cannon. Which was unintentional. I didn't know what their playstyle was like, but I, I fucking love it. I, I love that kind of playstyle in games, it's great fun to me. So for example, the basic dude, they're basically worthless, they're really weak, they're they'll deal one damage if they stab someone, but they'll deal four if they get a critical. And that's kind of how they are. Like, they'll do mediocre damage, they're very squishy, but if they crit, they'll do a fuck ton. And basic dudes, eh. They have some slightly bigger dudes who are they're pretty good. They can hit fairly hard. They hit pretty darn hard. They hit pretty darn hard. They do hit pretty darn hard. You then have sort of um, a basic dude with a sort of chain flail thing, which is broken in both boxes of it I've gotten so far. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> so do much damage. So... so. You have these sort of second-in-command with two big sort of daggery sword things. He's very damaging. They're really quite damaging. And you have the blissful one, which is amazing. It's just this great big fucking terrifying tall boy, missing his legs but having, like, metal replacements, who can move at an absurd speed. He's also missing his uh, hands, this huge fuck of like, hook things attached to his arms. And he is death on crack. He is absolutely death on Um <laughs> He is nightmarish, both in his uh, visage. Yeah, he looks terrifying. He looks terrifying. If you saw him in a dark alley, you would just shit yourself. Yeah. You would just plop one out right there and then. It would be, like... Watery. <laughs> it would just be water. It yeah. would be, like, everything that's inside you just fired out your rectum. Yeah, like, it, your stomach would drain to provide more fuel to fire out. Uh, Are we cowards? <laughs> Are we cowards? I don't think so, I don't think so, because no. so, no. this guy is terrifying. He's genuinely terrifying. Like, if, if you said to... If someone was next to me in a typical sort of horror movie moment and went, yeah, I can take him, I'd be like, dude, you're going to die. Yeah. You would just die. Because also, this is not a dude you can outrun. Because when we said how he's like the great big like, leg extensions because he's missing his feet, this means he can run turbo fast and they're like incredibly long so he is just incredibly tall. Yeah. He, he's, he's horrifying to look at and... On the tabletop... I want to say that he's overpowered. (laughs) I would say he's the reason to play the faction. Because without him... Without him... I think it's interesting. I think against Iron Golems, he is the anathema to the Iron Golems. Yeah, he's Because he moves so fast every turn that I would have to sacrifice all my actions to be two inches behind him. Yeah. That's how fast he is. And... Yeah. It's kind of like it's fantastic. And I I don't wanna, I don't want to diminish your fun with oh, him. Oh no. <laughs> but he is horrendous to fight against because it's just he's going to stand so far away that you can't possibly touch him and then just move in and kill someone. And then potentially move away again Cause... So you can't kill him. He has um like what were they thinking <laughs> when they made this hero? Look, okay. I'm sorry, 10-inch movement? 8-inch. 8-inch eight eight inch movement. Okay, so yeah, with 8-inch You movement, could catch him if you use both of your I could catch him and then his turn he would just turn around and kill me and move off. Okay, okay. the great thing about him on top of all this nonsense, he's not that tough. He's only got 20 wounds, which as it, it's lower than your leader. It's... same as my leader. Oh, 20 wounds as well. same as my leader. My, um, li- my leader is completely shit compared to this one, by the way. Yeah. It is really like my, my leader is a dumpster fire compared to his and it's only sixty points difference, which for anyone listening at home, that's less than buying a basic dude difference. So I don't even get a dude <laughs> for how much shitter my guy but, is. And my guy is like a third <laughs> as good as yours like, on a good day. Literally the entire <laughs> like the unmade, the basically the playstyle is everyone else clogs the board. So you have the, the basic dudes who are a bit shit, the slightly bigger dudes slightly bigger dudes go in the shitter dudes stand behind them and poke the dudes with a stick and this chap runs around killing everything that's what they do and like his damage, you mentioned before how that's the normal damage of critical damage his normal damage is a 2, that's pretty low his critical damage is a 6 so this means he can just there's a chance he'll blow up anything when he attacks it which is this is also what makes him terrifying yeah. <laughs> because, because it's unreliable it's like, you just look at him and go there's a chance that man's just going to instantly kill my toughest boy on the board Yep. In one round of attacks. Not even, like... Because in Warcraft, you get two actions, which can be, like, a move or an attack, to, like, simplify it. Um, so and you can attack twice. Yeah, so if we attack twice, then... You're using eight dice. No, ten. He gets five dice per an attack. Yeah, and then, then you can burn an ability um, to either give him six dice per attack, so it's 12, in which case you are most likely dead, whoever you are, <laughs> yeah. Or you can boost it so that he gets a bonus round of attacks to make it 15, (laughs) and then he can move again. No, no, that's not how it is. Basically, he has a special bonus, and this is a really powerful bonus. Um, As we mentioned before, the special powers you can get, but it is uh, dependent on doing something. You don't just get it for free. It's basically, if you uh, manage to kill someone with this chap, you can then make a free move and a free attack action. Yes. Which basically means if you if your first action was to attack someone you killed them, you could then get a free move. Go and attack someone else and then attack again. This is what make, also makes him terrifying because he can just move through everything and kill them. Yeah. And he has very likely very good likelihood of killing two models a turn using that ability. Yeah, if he's going for not the tough boys. Yeah. And this is also where the matchup I think you might be slightly better off than you would be against some other people. Against the Unmade, because you're tankier against the rest of them, albeit he's still a huge problem. But I think I'll be far better against the other factions. Yeah. Because. You'll just be able to crash into them and kill dudes yeah. very easily. Yeah, I'll just fire through them. And it's not like you struggled with my guys, but. Okay. Again, anyone that's unfamiliar to the podcast, anyone that's unfamiliar to us as players. Uh, Alan is very good at rolling dice yeah. now this is a faction that rewards rolling well with your dice There was <laughs> in the last game we played it was like oh, okay because um, you had to keep your leader alive you basically you had to pick one person to keep alive and if he could survive to the end of the turn this is like the third or fourth turn if he could survive to the end of that turn uh, Henry won problem is is that I have death on crack <laughs> and it was just like okay this is the final round will he survive well we'll stop the first attack that does 18 damage from criticals alone <laughs> okay when the health of your leader is 20 yeah it is unfortunate <laughs> but it didn't it diminish my enjoyment of the game I do think that that character is too strong um, <laughs> like 8 inch movement in this game is just nutty where everyone else is moving four, he's moving twice as much as other people and he hits like a fucking freight train so anyone that's getting into this game look out for the unmade specifically this one chap, this if, you one can, chap if you can terrible. kill him in the first turn you will basically set for the rest of the game. Yeah. And this is where you would get dumpstered by Age of Sigma dudes. Oh, yeah. Because the crossbows would just take you out. Because in Warcry, there is hardly any range. Hardly any. There's it's all close combat. There's a few people which have range above three inches. And it's very rare. Like, there's a dude that throws a spear. And that's as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know... And then Age of Sigma dudes, they've got crossbows, they've got a massive crossbow, you know, they introduce range, which just changes the game. So Alan's massive, dancy, slicey motherfucker yeah. is suddenly just riddled with arrows and taken care of from a range. Because every time I was playing with the Iron Garms, I was like, damn, if I just had some sort of ranged weapon, this, <laughs> these guys would be great. Oh, wait. Age of Sigma dudes. Yeah. So basically, unless you start playing worse... I will buy <laughs> <laughs> You'll go and buy Sigmarines <laughs> Sigmarines No I won't I won't No yeah, it's, it's not worth it Right is that everything you want to say about Age of Sigmar The Warcry I think That's as far as we. So On a scale of 1 to 10 1 to Titanicus I would You know I'm going to say that Titanicus is a 9.3 That's really Fucking specific That's really specific Because I'm going to Wait till they Release more models when they release more models. Porphyrons come out, I need to get a Porphyrons. You do need to get a Porphyrons, but I want a Nemesis. Oh, yeah. I want a fucking yeah, they, Nemesis. They said it's on its way. They said it's on its way, but I fucking want it. Yeah, that'd be so awesome. Once we get to that, I might give it a turn. For those of you who are unaware the way of the Nemesis, it is. It's one of the Titans. The Titan with a revolver. It's got a giant mortar. fucking revolver. Oh, no, no, it's, it's a, a Titan killing weapon. It's yeah, not a mortar. It's, it's a single shot pistol on the back of a fucking giant. It, it, it sounds so dumb till you see it and go, that is barking awesome. It's metal, yeah. and I like it. I like it for that reason. And I played yeah, so the, compl- the complaint to Titanicus is, they haven't given me the Revolver Bot They yet. haven't given me Revolver Bot, but I, I think it needs it needs a little bit more. It needs a little bit more support in the future to get to 10. Oh, it's so, I think we, it's need, so we need a bit more com- uh, supplements, we need a bit more terrain, we need a bit more small stuff to mix in with Titanicus, just to make it fully fleshed out. But it's basically there. Anyway, okay, so... basically there. The rules are fantastic. So where would you put um, Warcry? You know, I would say Warcry, because it's not my jam, 7.8. I'll give it a solid 7. I'm not going to go for the point stuff. Cause I mean, 7 is... I'd rather put 7 than 8, even though I'm at 7.8. Yeah. Which is bizarre. <laughs> 8, is, 8, 8 is, is too much. Good for it. 6 is too low. 6 is way three, too like, low. 3, ow can be loud and proud and live in the galaxy news radio anyway yeah six is definitely not fair to it no definitely not fair i would say 7.8 is about the ballpark <laughs> and why it's got so high in my opinion is simply because of including friends with it because apocalypse 40k necromunda definitely necromunda because i love necromunda but it's a hard sell to people it, is. it, it is a hard sell because it's like I need you to learn a lot more rules <laughs> don't cross to anything else yeah you're going to uh, have to learn a fuck ton and it's very specific for a game that you're not going to play that often and if you make small mistakes you're probably going to die yeah whereas Warcry it's just I mean you know children could get into it yeah it's not difficult but it has the depth it has the depth so it is something you can enjoy with your mates and that's why I give it 7.8 now I mentioned earlier to you not the audience audience you're now becoming part of this do we want to do this because there's an Age of Sigma episode the next one might be a 40k episode I was going to just I'll come up with more fun questions alright okay Okay. Yeah. so we we, we approached the fun section of the podcast the rest of it was all serious yeah deadly serious (laughs) serious reporting serious reporting on the penis tower now (laughs) (laughs) I have two fun questions okay have you thought of any no, you haven't, because you're no. shit at this. <laughs> no, I, I have not been an active participant in thinking. No, <laughs> no, you haven't. I, I showed me your extensive life. research <laughs> into the various Warcry factions. Thank you for that. Right. I mean, would you like question the first or question the second? Let's go with the second. Okay. It's also is in two parts. Who would win the fight? Okay. Strachan or Chris Redfield? Ooh. Now we have to explain who those are. Yeah. Do you want to dance through Chris Redfield? Uh, no, no, let's go to Strachan first. I think Chris Redfield is the uh, the out there option. Okay, okay. Uh, Colonel, Colonel Ironhand Strachan is a badass. Badass. He is from the Catechin Jungle Fighters. I want to say 60-something regiment. I can't remember. Um, he's a dude that's on a planet full of dudes that are tough dudes that survive the worst conditions, and he's surviving better. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing it better. He is not only more metal than them; he is literally more he is metal than them. Literally more metal than him. He has a bionic arm and a machete. And back in the day, um, this gave him strength six. And back in the day, having two more uh, strength than was toughness meant you wound them on two plus. You'd have to be double. Yeah. So he would be wounding space marines on a two plus. Yeah. And then it, then it is... was also AP minus three, AP, AP three. Sorry, which meant it went through space marine armor as well. So he was just punching through. Space Marines Yeah With his fist Cause he was fucking awesome Cause he was metal And he just had a shotgun And he let his yeah. men in the front <laughs> Shotgun, robo-arm Absolute fucking badass I love Strachan Now for anyone that doesn't know Which probably Most people don't Cause I don't think I've ever Talked about it But Katachin Katachin are my jam Yeah I don't think you have Mentioned this in the podcast I don't think so Katachin were my second ever army And I love them I love them so fucking hard I love Imperial Guard Uh But the models are just so dated now. So, so dated. But I did have a lot of Catechern back in the day. And I love Catechern. If they made modern Catechern, I would just have that. I would have it without a question. Please, GW, please do that. Um, So, Strachan was uh, the leader of my forces. He's fucking badass. Uh, One of the the greatest feats I'll ascribe to him uh, is a Chaos Lord once tried to take the planet of Catechern. And instead of landing on the planet, because it's a death world, instead of taking the fight to the Imperial Guard, who are hard-bitten motherfuckers, who will fight to the death and fight very viciously, as one of the best factions of jungle fighters in the galaxy, from a human standpoint, um, (laughs) he opted to just virus-bomb the planet. Interesting. And his goal was just to wipe out all life. And instead of taking the fight to the castians, he just launches his bombs planet completely barraged by viruses and incredibly potent uh, chemical weapons comes down to land on the planet to inspect his uh, victory moments after he's exited his ship as he's standing around in the middle of a big clearing as to where he had just launched some bombs Strachan jumps up from the mud because he had (laughs) hidden himself Predator style in the yep. mud with a barbed vine, and as the Chaos Lord is decadently absorbing his greatness with his helmet off, Strachan jumps up behind him and strangles him with a massive fuck off vine with like huge thorns in it, and he kills the Chaos Lord. At which point, the Chaos just go, Oh, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> and just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh my Look at it from their perspective. You just virus bombed that planet. You virus bomb the shit out of it. <laughs> and and dude then, just yeah, takes him down. A dude springs up to your leader, one of the most powerful bastards you know, the powerful enough bastard to keep you in line, and he chokes the bitch out. <laughs> That's Strachan. Yeah. He's a mental motherfucker. I love Strachan. He's awesome. It's he's cool. Yeah. Also, note how it's not he's punching out um, Abaddon. It's just no, no, no. It's just a Chaos Lord. Yeah, it's a Chaos Lord but oh, it's feasible. Also the way The Chaos law was written it was just kind of like, in, in the very few words he came across as kind of a pompous, arrogant tit. Number yeah. one, virus bombing, Catechon. You don't do yeah. it. Like, <laughs> Look upon the field of fucks which they grow. You'll see that it's just barren. They are out of <laughs> fucks to give. <laughs> virus bomb death world.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: that'll work. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, Chris Redfield. Those of you who don't know, Chris Redfield is from Resident Evil. What's that? It's a series of horror games, which then became films. We don't talk about that. But basically, <laughs> he was in the first game. He was a dude who had to go investigate a spooky mansion with zombies. He's special forces. Oh, he was part of like a special police force thing. Yeah, and then he joins the military. Joins the military, then joins a special task force to hunting down uh, zombies and biological weapons released that make super beings of. Giant frogs that eat people—that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super zombies and regenerative powers as well. Yep. And in between those two events, he goes from being just a dude with a pistol, like fairly, fairly normal guy. Yeah. Like, definitely uh, well built. Yeah. Definitely works out. Yeah. He's he does a he's part of a task force, so he's in shape. He has an active job that maybe involves physicality. Is what you could say about him. Yeah, he's not like absurdly like. It's not like he goes to the gym every day, but he's there. Yeah, and then. Some At some point, in joining the special world trotting task force, he the just becomes one. the biggest lad. <laughs> he is just biceps bigger than your head. He is enormous. Like, we played this game, Resident Evil 5, we yeah. played it co op, and uh, <laughs> somehow my brain just kind of forgot how, how swole he was. <laughs> because I just thought of him as a regular dude. Like, you know, computer games, they're all these over masculinized. Giant Roid raging beefcakes Like the Gears of War people Who like are Gears wearing cars wars, basically. basically Yeah And part of my brain Just kind of Except Forgot it. about that It just Yeah It was just kind of He's just another dude And then I, I think maybe you were Replaying Resident Evil 5 yeah. Or maybe we had a quick go on it Just for old time's sake And he's huge <laughs> He's <laughs> like, enormous He's big <laughs> Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson is small compared to this guy. Also, there's like in cop, uh, there's Chris and his partner Sheva, and if it's like oh, there's a bit of a gap, like twelve foot across. How we get across that? I don't know. Chris will just stand there, hold his little hands over. Go, on, Sheva! Sheva will sprint him, <laughs> jump up with one foot. He'll grab the foot and toss her yep. straight over the gap without giving so, the slightest of shits. He doesn't even break a sweat. Yeah, no, it's just you like that. Like that's throws that's... A full-grown woman, <laughs> <with> guns, <laughs> twelve feet easily, and. That's probably the most because he spends the rest of the game punching zombies like just uppercutting the motherfuckers, um, and th- th- there's all kinds of insanity throughout this game, which builds to in the finale when fighting a, a bastard in a volcano, because fuck a it, very very evil bastard. That's a super soldier. Who's a, who, He was a super soldier, super being. It became even more super powered and yeah. biologically super. And has now injected himself with something super super, but also very unstable. But very super. Yeah. Uh, he has to... Oh no, Sheva, the partner woman, is trapped on a separate thing with this dude, and this dude's going to kill her because... The big bad. Yeah. The big bad's unstoppable. And Chris goes, oh no, I need to get there. There's a pathway, but there's this huge fuck-off boulder in my way. It's a big boulder. Now, may- Not- now maybe he could push it into a bit, because there's also some lava. across If you can push it in there, you can hop onto it, then hop onto the thing and get around and save. But it's fucking huge. This thing is like twice three times the size of him, in height. It's like the Indiana Jones boulder, but slightly bigger. It's bigger. It's slightly bigger. And so he starts trying to push it, and he's pushing it, and he can't, and it's, it's difficult. And then as he really starts, you know, to summon all of his strength, yeah. he then just starts uppercutting it. And he uppercuts a fucking boulder, and beats the shit out of a boulder. And then finally, with one final up, launches it over into the lava. It's fucking mental. Now... He has some strength. Yeah. He has some strength. For a man that's meant to be just a a dude. Just a dude. That maybe works out now. (laughs) I mean, possibly. I didn't see him lift a weight other than a full grown (laughs) woman. Other than a full grown woman carrying weaponry and uppercutting boulders. He works out. Yeah. Dude does work. Now, who wins in a fight? You know, I think. Okay, I think Chris Redfield has an air of invincibility to him. He does. However, I think Strachan has an element of doggish determinus. I, I think Chris is like the unstoppable force, but Strachan is the immovable object. In that, yeah. Chris could beat the shit out of him, but Strachan will still stand up and break his ribs. Back. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what would happen if they're both punch each other out in an apocalyptic fight. <laughs> yeah. Like, the most super soldier, not super soldier fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Winter Soldier versus Captain America is basically Pretty much, yeah. Like, exactly it's exactly it. Yeah, we have, it's, it's very much we so. have the two with the robotic arm and the absurdly strong. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think what would happen is eventually they'd just fight each other out, be very, very tired, and then eventually earn each other's respect, begr- begrudgingly, and then do the classic Predator, um, Carl Weathers, Arnie... What, well, the, uh, the uh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Insane biceps rippling Homo Hand rossism, thing. Like, what's, yeah. what's that called? It's uh, not a handshake, it's more of a hand grab. It's a, uh, take a handshake and you sort of bring it up. Like yeah, you bring, a, bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <You know> what <laughs> look at the, the, the thing of like Predator. A high five from the side, higher than a handshake. And you grab and each your other's hands. Yeah. And then they both flex their muscles. And yeah. Chris Redfield flexes him. Go watch Predator. Yeah. It's, it's going to be that, but one of the arms is robotic. Yeah, I was going to say, literally. Also one, flexing. Yeah, the robotic arm will still flex. <laughs> veins popping up Yeah, <laughs> Robo veins. Yeah, so th- I think that's how it'd end. And I'd like that. I'd like that ending. Yeah, no, to be fair. like Because they're both bros. Yeah, they I, I could bros. see that happening. Also, I could see Chris Redfield surviving on Catagin. Yes. Yeah. Catagin <laughs> devil, devil tries to get him. He'd go and slice that bitch. He'd just like power out with his hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the Resident Evil is a sillier setting, so this is fine. Yes. This is completely yeah. fine for it to be like that. The other question. Okay. Which I feel like we'd jump the gun by that one because it's amazing. But as is, if you could have one bit of war gear from 40k, what would it be? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Because um, I haven't thought about this either. I, I'm not sure myself. Are we saying that it would be something that I could use? So if I asked for a chainsaw, it wouldn't be like a space marine chainsword. Yeah, I'd assume that it would, via the, the like, magic or whatever, you can just use it. You can use it. So like, I want a bolter. You wouldn't like just be never able to lift it and be sad. Like, it would be a bolter you could use. I think I'd probably say or Gunship. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a bit above a bit of war gear. That it's no it's longer. That's no longer war it's gear. war gear. Someone yes, has I, to fly it? I would like a Bane blade, please. Yeah, but well, you need crew for that. <laughs> no, no, Henrik, no. All right, okay. Well, okay come on. Scale um, the back of it. A little bit. Scale it back. Bring uh, it back. Uh, bring it back to me. You know, I think I would take uh, a Necron, uh, like, Tesseract. like. What about the fucking thing. Pokeballs for the Catan? Yes. That's a really fucking good answer, and I hate I would you for like it. That. <laughs> there's be, also a chance oh, I'm sorry, you disagree with me. Pow! Into the fucking maze. There's the go. chance, though, that, you know, oh, you say, oh, you're not having the katana in there. It's just a test rack thing. You see it's the, the, test yeah, just a, just the test rack thing. Yeah, just a test thing. I'm not going to have a katana in there. Fuck, no. I was going to say, yeah, Like, there's a chance that breaks out, at which point, you're fucked. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Imagine you just wake up one day and there's the fucking nightbreak in your room. You're like, oh, uh, whoopsie. This <laughs> takes the <stakes are> made. <laughs> yeah. I had a wish. <laughs> <whoopsie>. And. <laughs> I, I fucked up. Now you're fucked up. <laughs> Scythe. Okay, what's your bit of war gear? I don't know, like there's, there's a lot of space room war gear you probably want because it's cool, like the Bolter or the Terminator I, armor, yeah. that kind of thing. Baltar Power armor is would cool. be just pretty cool to fucking have. At oh, you, you mean you can you can pilot that, are you saying? Yeah, yeah I was saying like, it's, if it, uh, it, that kind of thing would work for you. That's why I was and, Yeah, Terminator armor would be cool. Yeah, it would be, cool. would It'd be a bit a slow, though. Mark II Tartarus Terminator armor. See? Getting specific now. I think it's. <laughs> Flexing them, nerd knowledge. Okay. If you go down the armour, you could say because the other time you just go for like a cold start. Though I'd never be able to pilot it unless, unless they're like piloting things in there. I'm crashing it to a building first chance I get. Not like deliberately. It's just <laughs> <laughs> that became remarkably like terroristic. Yeah. <laughs> no. As soon as I get a supersonic fighter, I'm crashing to a building. No. Hang on. No. <laughs> no. Settle down. <laughs> yeah. You'd be a bad pilot. Yeah, I'd be a bad pilot. On the other hand, if you had something just like a... I would say a plasma gun, but specifically if you have a town plasma gun, you can then sell that to someone. Like be like, oh, look, government of whichever country. I have really good power generator in here. Yeah, you would be rich as hell. Okay. But you would lose your plasma rifle, which okay. makes me sad. Now, what you're saying there is that you'd like wealth. <laughs> you, you'll walk get from point No, I'm With saying that's path. an option. I could go down the wealth route. Okay, let me stop you there, because you know governments... I know governments, it would more likely be they would kill you or put you in a very secret prison because they'd be fearful that you would have some sort of information about the plasma gun. I'd go to Elon Musk. Okay. because <laughs> that man' <laughs> so has... put in the Tesla. <laughs> yeah, well, Tesla Because well, that man has money, he's into future tech, and he's also too big for government to disappear. <laughs> so if he reveals the plasma technology, I'm safe. I don't think he would go for it though. Oh, I'm not sure I if bet you would. would go for plasma. I yeah, but he's 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 kind of about about the bright future of humanity, not let's destroy it with... Know, super- <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> I'm just saying it's really good at generating energy. He could work with that. Sure. You could have the sun in your hands, yeah. Uh Oh, I would like a, a tech marine suit that I could just like hop in. Oh, like complete with the arms and things? Yeah, like a duck octopus. Yeah, that'd be cool. Fucking suit. To be fair. And also, especially if there was like a little bit of the uh, the whole AI thing, so that the claws would be, you know, care- so you'd have very, to control them individually. Yeah, it wouldn't be like ah oh, fuck, you like smash your entire desk with an arm and then like fall over backwards and then like take the curtains out. Yeah, that'd be a pain. <laughs> yeah, if it was like it was clever enough to move around you and dexterous enough and all that sort of stuff, that'd be fantastic. Imagine like working on things. Imagine working on like machinery or something, you'd just have like eight limbs to do the work for you. It'd be so easy. I would become very like desiccated. I would just become a tech marine. Because all, all of my like body would just atrophy. Yeah, because it's like, why I would, would I walk when around. I can have you... Yeah, why would I lift that cup of tea when I could just have it shoved in my face? <laughs> or in the feed pipe? <laughs> Basically, given technology, you'd become AdMech. I would... Immediately. It would be very swift. Yeah. I would start wearing robes... <laughs> please get out of the power armour yeah nobody cared who I was if I put on the armour <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool I was, was going to say what would be the worst thing to own but there's the immediate answer there's an obvious answer to the worst bit of war gear you could own it's a demon weapon I think you'd say Reboot Gilman he's not a bit of war gear Henry he is <laughs> he's as fucking tall as what he is that is true but I, I don't I don't believe that I'm capable of wielding a demon weapon oh, I just no, don't I'd be consumed by it yeah I would I there's no good result from that no you're consumed by <laughs> it <Yeah. laughs> no, right. I mean like even if you had a demon weapon even if you could control it even if it bent to your will what the fuck are you going to do oh look I'm going to take over the world why because I've got a really powerful axe here don't come near me it depends what the axe does though let's be fair it's yeah, a reality but, warping axe alright but set. you have to kill a lot of people to get anywhere with it which no I'm not you don't <laughs> do that <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> So it would make the axe happy. <laughs> yeah, it would make the axe happy. Uh, I think that would be a bad one. I think gum would be a bad one to have because it would irradiate your body. That's, that's why I'm saying... It would irradiate your body. Depends where you put it. That's why I'm saying go for a Tau one because Tau Plasma is perfectly safe. We don't know that. We're just told that by the Ethereals to keep us quiet. They don't overheat, Henry. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen them overheat, but that's... Uh, uh... I think any sort of nergal walk-in... That would be a problem. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Um, oh, I think Zinch's diary. <laughs> Zinch's diary would just be a mess. It would be an absolute Why mess Why doesn't anyone like me? <laughs> <laughs> As he tries to plan a birthday party but it turns into world domination, but also not world domination, because Zinch doesn't want to dominate a world, he just wants to throw a birthday party. <laughs> that's all he trying to that's what he's trying to do. He's just trying to make people <laughs> happy. That would be terrible to have Because first never. of all Storing it would be a bitch <laughs> Second of all yeah. You have a mech With buzzsaw blades And flamethrowers And you can't use it Well you can But then you'll want yeah. to die you want to die Which is not great Yeah uh, Also to get people To be like okay, uh, Would you mind just Chaining me into this please Yeah Like that's not a conversation I really want to have with people <laughs> Not in that context Yeah Um, Okay, so that's pretty bad. Is there anything that's worse? Okay, uh, a lot of Dark Eldar shit I would not want. Flickerfield, the uh, shield thing that the Archons get. There's a lot of stuff which does consume the user, though. Yeah. Like, they feed life energy. Like, the the Dark Eldar also have a Tesseract Vault-type thing, uh, which is just fantastic. It's like a tiny little cube they have, uh, and it just opens up, and then you're just lost to an infinite maze. Which is fantastic, but also I'd be terrified that it would just open up on me. At some you point. said earlier on that you'd happily have their own little like a. Oh, I'd have the Necron thing. one, because I'm pretty sure that would work dark yeah. like elves like cruel and fickle technology, where it'd be funny to the item to suck in a Necron or whatever. But Necrons build reliable shit, is what we're saying. Yeah. Like, if you're going to buy something, it's like modern world, go German. <laughs> yeah it's reliable 40k go Necron I mean, if it <laughs> both of su- a dark past <laughs> if it can survive millions of years in the fucking earth and still work yeah without rust or corrosion it also repair itself control. uh tomb spider yeah I was literally going to say tomb spider would be great that it's not war the, gear but I mean the greatest anti-theft device ever made oh yeah could you imagine being the thief that breaks in and then tomb spider greets them breaks yeah, them wraiths. down fucking wraiths yeah okay if I could have a pack of wraiths it would, no but that would be terrifying yeah, no, okay, I'd be terrified. Like you just open a door in your house, and there'd be like ten silent wraiths in there. There's, that's who the say, wraith room who has to say they're in a room? They could okay, be like they, just they could be in the foundations. House. Okay, you that's then, where I'd they, keep my wraiths. They're gonna fuck your house. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> they, they think there's an intruder. <laughs> Suddenly, they smash through. Oh shit, they're wraiths. They're I'm wraiths. You, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I uh, forgot about that. They but, can they can move through material. I like would like things. them to be programmed to be like dogs. So like, I could whistle and Wraiths come flying up through the floor and they're really happy to see me and I could pat them on the head. Um, I mean, modern Wraiths, yes. Old Wraiths, definitely not. Oh yeah, no, old Wraiths would never work. But new Wraiths, it could just about work. They could yeah, be like they're, big they're friendly just beetles about, sweetie. who eviscerate people. I'd also ride one.
1: Not in a That's weight, yeah.
0: but, <laughs> but imagine like just putting a handle on the back of one of them and then like going to work, just like <laughs> standing on the back of a Wraith, like, surfing it in. Yeah, that'd be cool, to be fair. That would be cool. Oh, we're saying race are the best pets in 40K. Is there a better pet race in 40K? Necrons are the have got it all. They really do. They've got a great job going. They've got the on. huge fuck off spiders as well. That they do, but they also need piloting by dudes. Yes, who and sit it's in the back and also of the tradition. Oh yeah, it's... Necron Codes Review. That's a. that's our first set of it's our first ever series, our first ever podcast episodes. Um we went into a lot of depth. We did. We did. We spent like 30 minutes trotting. just ranting about one unit every episode. It was quite quite the thing. I think this one is yeah. getting a bit. I think it's a bit long than the two. I, 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 I thought look, <laughs> I wanted to have some you know quick fun bits at the end. It's now an hour 40 minutes. I don't think we do quick and fun. I don't think we do that. It's Hopefully always... we do fun. Hopefully we manage that at least. <laughs> no, it's normally like considered 20 minute discussion of who genuinely wins between Chris Redfield and Strachan. Something that will never happen and never matters. Thank you for tuning in for the Brothers Grimmed Up podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it.